that all our listeners have the opportunity should they want to avail of it to join in any of the discussions taking place during the course of the program all you need to do is to pick up the phone and dial 02086877878 and share your thoughts with us alternatively you can tweet us uh, at our twitter handle voice of islam uk and uh, there's going to be a variety of different subjects that uh, we're going to be exploring this morning um somewhat somewhat restricted uh, today i'll explain the reason for that in a second but um uh, do take a plunge and make contact with us on anything that uh, has stimulated your interest uh, in a few minutes time we'll begin um, with uh, the run of the weather if we can get uh, hold of the information uh, and then we'll examine some of the new stories that are doing the rounds these days won't be spending too much time on each but uh, uh trying to uh, we'll try to rattle through as many as possible uh during the first half hour uh and as mentioned you can have your uh, say on any of the issues we discuss uh should you want to do so at any time during the course of this broadcast now those familiar with uh, the show will know that uh, there are normally two subjects that we do hone in and spend uh, more time on uh now this show that uh, is being broadcast now is one with a difference uh, not this broadcasting from our usual site at the largest mosque in western europe at batafutu but uh, at a site of one of the largest gatherings being held here uh, this is at hadikatul mahdi garden of the mahdi uh, where the jalsa salana the annual conference of the uk is going to be uh, um, starting soon uh, so in keeping with the occasion our first topic will be an aspect of this gathering uh, and uh, entitled quite simply a gathering bringing the world together and we look we'll be looking at this subject with the help of um, NHS worker Amanda Luff or Amanda Luff should I say um, who talked to us earlier uh, and would be sharing what she had to say uh, uh, with our listeners in this part of the program so that's going to be between 7:30 and 8:15 now if you're interested in that particular part or that particular aspect of this gathering then do please make sure that you remain tuned in uh, during that uh, part of the program during that slot um now as far as uh, the site of this sanana is concerned this uh, annual convention um uh, it is a site that uh, is uh, open uh farmland 2.7 acres in Ham- in the Hampshire countryside and for the uh, uh event uh, the uh a mass of construction a mass of construction construction t- uh, takes place to create uh, what is a village for for uh, the uh, days of the jalsa and then dismantled afterwards as well so the second topic is linked to this aspect it is entitled creating a village for days with volunteers and we'll be reviewing this subject with the help of uh, uh, a number of volunteers that uh, have contributed uh, to this event uh, it will include uh, people 
the names I have are As-Salaam, Ijaz, uh, and Atawal Hadi. I'm sure there'll be others as well if we are able to get them to join in and uh, tell us a bit about uh, this particular part of uh, this annual gathering, the construction and the dismantling of the whole village that uh, is brought up in order to host this uh, very um, uh, um, iconic event. Uh, we'll of course be having the Islamic view to all that we discuss. And that will be from Imam Tuki Khan. He'll be kicking us off uh, soon uh, with um, his stories, uh, people, things that have caught his attention, and also be accompanying us uh, during the rest of the program uh, in uh, uh, um, injecting um, the Islamic viewpoint on various aspects that we'll be looking at. Now, as far as uh, stories uh, are concerned uh, regarding the Amdiya Muslim community, well, it's very much taken up by uh, this particular event, the Jalsa Salana. A lot of hard work has been expended in, uh, in bringing this site uh, to uh, the position where we can hold this uh, three-day event. The event may be only three days, but uh, the uh, run-up to the preparation that is involved uh, takes a lot, lot longer. Um, and uh, people who are in charge of this particular event uh, are known to say that as soon as this event uh, is um, coming to an end, they are already beginning to plan next year's event. So that uh, gives you an idea of the scope and the extent to which uh, planning is involved in the preparation of this event. It is a very arduous uh, and affair. So a lot of uh, uh, energy has been expended on this, a lot of effort, and um, that uh, has uh, uh, risen to new heights as we approach the three days, and that has very much taken up the time and energy of uh, many volunteers uh, of the, the community. Uh, there are, have been other events. Um, uh, there was uh, the garden inspection uh, at Bathurst recently. Uh, so two days ago, judges from the Horticultural Society inspected the gardens at uh, Bathurst. This is the mosque in modern, uh, the largest mosque in Western Europe. And uh, the uh, judges were pleasantly surprised, in fact amazed the way the whole surroundings of the mosque were, how can I put it, beautified with flowers and attractive plants uh, at each turn. Uh, there were audible ga gasps by the, uh, um, uh, by the judges uh, as flower arrangements came into view. Uh, and the Bath of Futu uh, gardening team, Zairat is the appropriate word that is used to describe them, their team. Uh, had worked meticulously in nurturing these plants and then watering them painstakingly by hand. Uh, in its hanging baskets, um, when it comes to hanging baskets, uh, we were told there was a staggering 307 that were put up, a phenomenal number really uh, to uh, develop, to, to grow uh, and to then uh, look after uh, throughout the year. Uh, the task accomplished by the team is a labor of love, uh, but very much in keeping with the teachings of Islam. Uh, Bethel Fathu 
the uh, garden has won many prizes in the past and it will not be surprising if it once again secures top position in the uh, public gardens category this year so we'll see how uh, that unfolds but uh, certainly uh, the uh, um, expression of the uh, judges at the time um, was very much uh, uh, positive uh, moving on to international or sto uh, sto international stories stories that are currently uh, being found in the wider media, one of them, I suppose, that has dominated our news screens and uh, news pages for the last couple of years is what's happening uh, in Europe, uh, the conflict uh, in uh, with Ukraine and uh, Russia, uh, the much-awaited uh, counteroffensive that was being touted about early in the year seems to have been thwarted, um, if it started at all. Uh, at least this is a verdict from the evidence uh, that is on the ground. It seems that uh, uh, much-hailed arsenal and equipment supplied by the West has had little impact in delivering a decisive push against uh, Russian positions. Uh, Ukrainian forces complain that up to four lines of mines are causing considerable damage to their tanks and armored vehicles. And some of these mines, uh, General uh, uh, Tadovansky, uh, who is in charge of the Ukrainian offensive in the south, say, are remotely, uh, uh, remotely uh, controlled and detonated as soon as their forces reach a particular spot. So that has certainly hindered their progress. And uh, so far, there's little evidence that Western supply tanks and armored vehicles have been able to tip the balance in, Ukrainian, in Ukraine's favor. Uh, several Leopard, Leopard tanks and U.S. Bradley fighting vehicles were damaged or destroyed in the first days of the offensive uh, near the city of uh, Orykiv and there is little progress uh, that has, has been observed since then. There is hope in Western capitals that the Ukrainian counteroffensive will yield results soon and the massive influx of its military hardware uh, prove decisive. Critics contend that Ukrainians are on a hiding to nothing. For all their posturing and the hardware provided by the West, they will prove no match for the military superpower that Russia still remains to be. A number of voices are now being raised for greater efforts uh, in the diplomatic arena. They contend uh, that Ukraine has been duped into this conflict to serve Western interests, Western interests being in degrading Russia and demonizing it. His Holiness, uh, it's always well worth uh, reviewing what his ownness has opined on this particular issue has long been calling for better sense to prevail he said uh, and i quote he says that chapter 5 verse 9 of the holy quran categorically states that you must not let the enmity of any nation or party prevent you from upholding the two standards of justice and equity accordingly punitive sanctions or other unjust measures that prevent a nation from moving forward post-war and limited freedom and prosperity should be avoided at all costs. And uh, he, he, his holiness was also critical um, that uh, nations sought at all times um, to establish uh, peace instead of, I should say that his holiness also counseled, uh, and I quote, at all times uh, nations should uh, establish peace instead of seeking revenge or humiliation 
uh, of the aggressor, nor should the underlying intention ever be to line one's pocket or to exploit the conflict to advance Western, vested interests. Otherwise, those who have been demeaning uh, will be undoubtedly harboring a sense of injustice and resentment. Such frustrations are bound to eventually boil over and lead to further conflict, and so the cycle of incessant violence will continue to rotate with ever greater fury. So that's the end of that quote. But his illness warned, uh, uh, moving on, he says that whatever wrongs are being committed by the Russian state, we must keep in mind the broader picture that if the war is not brought to an end, it will lead to a deepening global crisis with potentially catastrophic results. Opposing blocs will become further entrenched. Hatred will become even more deeply rooted, increasing the likelihood of a world war. Hence, as they continue to support Ukraine as it defends itself, world powers should also be making every possible effort to end the war through peace talks and good faith negotiations. End of quote. Um, wise words, uh, many would say, plans for peace negotiations from both uh, the African nations and China, they await on the uh, table. Perhaps the West would be well advised to move Ukraine to pursue them. So we'll go for a short break. Uh, do stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. Selections from the writings of the promised Messiah, peace be on him. Our paradise is in our God. Our highest delight is in our God, for we have seen him and have found every beauty in him. This wealth is worth procuring, though one may have to lay down one's life to procure it. This ruby is worth purchasing, though one may have to lose one's self to acquire it. O ye who are bereft, run to this fountain and it will satiate your thirst. It is the fountain of life that will save you. What shall I do? And by what drum shall I make the announcement that this is your God, so that people might hear? What remedy shall I apply to their ears, so that they should listen? If you belong to Allah, rest assured that Allah will indeed belong to you. The Promised Messiah, on whom be peace, founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community in Islam, states, Since most do not yet contain such enthusiasm to accept difficulty and hardship for the sake of meeting me, hence, it seems appropriate to appoint three days a year for this jalsa, in which all sincere individuals, if God wills and if health, resources and lack of any major hindrance permits, can visit on the allocated dates. Our friends should visit on this date solely for the sake of Allah, to listen to heavenly discourses and to participate in prayer to their utmost ability. The Promised Messiah, peace be upon him, founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community in Islam, states, I tell you truly that the habit of thinking ill of others is a great affliction which destroys a person's faith, keeps him away from truth, and turns his friends into foes. In order to attain the excellent virtues of a Siddiq, Siddiq is a term used in the Holy Quran indicating a spiritual rank next to that of prophets. It is necessary that a person should altogether shun the habit of thinking ill of others. If inadvertently he happens to have thought ill of others, he should forthwith repent and seek forgiveness repeatedly, and pray to God that he may be protected from committing this folly again, 
and be saved from its consequences. This spiritual malady should not be taken lightly. It is a highly dangerous disease which speedily destroys its victim. Peace be upon you. Good morning. Welcome back to the Breakfast with the Voice of Islam with the Mount Tawqeet and myself with the The time is uh, just gone past uh, 22 minutes past 7 uh, and it's Friday the 28th of uh, July 2023, the first day of Rawad al We were going through uh, a series of uh, reports that are featuring in the wider media, uh, but uh, we did miss the weather, uh, unfortunately. But the Mount Tawqeet, we've got the weather, have we? Uh, yes, uh, we, we do have it available. Uh, it's, my, it's mild compared to what we've been experiencing in the past. We haven't had the same kind of rain. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, uh, I've been actually been staying on site for about a week now. Okay, um, so this is home to you? This is very much home to me. <laughs> <laughs> so right. um, mm-hmm. the, the so the weather forecast for this morning is that uh, you know the high highest temperature will go up to twenty one degrees here at Walton. Um, right now we we have um, Celsius. So it's quite cloudy, sixteen Celsius right now, but it will go up towards uh, twenty one. That it, that will be the peak of it, mm-hmm. and uh, it is uh, the forecast is saying that it will be. Uh, very likely to rain overnight, oh. um, uh, but I think that during the day uh, it should be fine. It's fairly cloudy, but uh, there is very less chance of rain. So that that mm. is good for uh, all the guests that are coming to the Jalsa Salana. Um, you know, the it's because uh, when when it does rain here at the site as well. One thing I've realised is that because this soil itself is so is so soft um it it can uh, very easy become wet and muddy um but at the same time if it yeah. is sunny uh, it does dry up <laughs> fairly quickly as well so that's one good, <laughs> good <Okay. laughs> um funny funny story actually yeah. brother Lee, the, yes because uh, because uh, everyone has been uh, last last few days everyone's just been buying wellingtons uh-huh. for, for jalsa salana as well so um Last night as well, you know, uh-huh. we we ourselves were buying Wellingtons, and would you would you believe it? Shops nearby, uh, Sports Direct, uh, you know, you've got BMQ, uh-huh. Sainsbury's. It's all run out. Oh, it's it's really? it's very difficult to find if either if you're a pair uh-huh. size twelve or thirteen or fourteen, the rest of the pairs is finished everywhere. Oh dear, right, I see, uh, but you've got yours. I've, I've got my oh, I'm, I'm, so good you're go. okay. I'm good to go. Yes, my son was coming with me uh, this morning and he was saying, uh, and I told him mm. about Wellington mm. boots, and he said, no, no, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll cope without them. Mm. But uh, he's going to have a hard time doing that because I, I found it a hard time yeah. doing that. Although we've got tracking, mm. the mud also comes uh, and to cover the tracks as well, it makes it very difficult. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I'd, uh, here I'd like to mention to some of the attendees that will be attending, please don't wear shalwar kameez. <laughs> <laughs> don't wear shalwar kameez. That's, that's not a good, good option. If you're coming, do have a rain jacket with you, have a uh, Wellingtons. Mm, and uh, I would go for maybe a shirt and uh, and some jeans. That, okay. that That's that's a good good to go for me. Okay, but not a white suit, yes? Uh, <laughs> I I am wearing a white shirt. So I, can't, <laughs> I can't complain. <laughs> okay, very good. 
Anyway, um, so what's been happening uh, then? Uh, what what have you been up to uh, in your new home? Uh, yes, yeah, so um, this is something which we will elaborate more on right. the second segment as well. But okay. essentially, um, I was serving for the Ahmadiyya Muslim Youth Association. Uh-huh. And one of the departments um, which I was serving for, it caters for all those volunteers, the youth members that wish to volunteer for the site, if they wish to serve here in any capacity, then uh, you know people have been coming from all down the country, from Scotland, mm-hmm. from from all around the country, really, and they've been get they they've been here uh, at the site one week prior. Uh, they've been laying carpets, they've been uh, putting floor, you know, uh, putting the floor together where it needs to be. They've been fencing. Um, They've been doing various tasks wherever they needed, they're available. So, Alhamdulillah, uh, by the grace of Allah the Almighty, they've worked extremely hard. Um, and uh, it, it wasn't just from the UK, you know, we had guests, uh, we had members also from Australia, uh, we had members from Finland, um, we had members. Uh, from Spain, so a, a very diverse bunch, um, but all with the same purpose really, uh, that is to welcome the guests of the Promised mm-hmm. Messiah and make sure they prepare the, they prepare uh, a good bedding for them, make sure you know they're comfortable here, so, and, and this itself is a great blessing, you know, they've been part, partaking mm-hmm. in, in those blessings and you know, Jalsa itself it's not. It's something which ha, was initiated by the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, as well. So we know that it it ha, it is very special, and uh, essentially, Jalsa itself is uh, spiritual rejuvenation, really, that spiritual camp that mm-hmm. we all need. So uh, these brothers were uh, reaping the blessings um, of those of those ble- you know of of that. Mm-hmm. Um, before the jalsa had even taken place, so they, they're on the site, mm-hmm. and uh, they they should be coming in the studios. Also, we should be having a very very interesting discussion. Oh, okay, that, okay, that's something to look forward I, to. You know, I actually saw you yesterday. Did you? Oh, yeah. You were going to Bethel for two. <laughs> you were crossing the road, and uh, I oh, just I, I drove past. <laughs> you didn't. Good job, you didn't run me over, right? <laughs> Yes, I do cross the road uh, at times, but I you, never. You parked at. I think you must have parked at a very odd place. <laughs> I, I, yes, because you know, because some of the offices with regard to this uh, convention, this jalsa, are uh, located in uh, Batapathu. Okay. It's very difficult to get a parking space or getting a parking space near near the office. So I I have a I have a secret parking space <laughs> that I know about outside that I that I use, but I won't be telling anyone. <laughs> but you know roughly where it is because you saw me crossing the road. <laughs> Did you have time to uh, catch up on the cricket? Hmm? Uh, no, no. No. Well, um, last week England cricket supporters were disappointed when the English team emphatically on top and cruising to secure. Uh, a stomping victory against Australia was thwarted by none other but the weather. Uh, Australia lagging behind England's formidable total of 592 in the first innings were five wickets down and 275 runs behind. But alas, the rain on most of the fourth day and the entire fifth meant they scraped a draw from the jaws of defeat. Uh, The result meant that England could not win the Ashes 
they are currently uh, held by Australia and England had been training to one uh, going into the fourth test. This made the match a must-win to have any chance of resting them back. Still, England can salvage some pride by winning the fifth test that started yesterday at the Oval. And because uh, Tokitami was uh, busy with uh, the Jalsa well, uh, <laughs> I can, I'm not able to catch up. But um, England were all out for 283. And um, Australia were put into bat and they came, uh, they were 60, 61 or 61 for one. Okay. Uh, so the match is finely balanced. And uh, really it is how this day today unfolds uh, will determine the uh, direction of the match. So that's uh, uh, what we have as far as cricket is concerned. Bring you up to speed with that. Right? Um, but, and there's a lot of other stories as well, but um, those are some that uh, we'll catch up with uh, later on. Uh, perhaps this one that... Um, Yes, so there's the resignation of a banking chief executive, more than one in fact, uh, and a salutary lesson for all those. Are you aware of Nigel Farage? Yes. He's a very powerful man, yeah. by the way, things yeah. have gone. But anyway, uh, the, there's been the resignation of the chief executive of the NatWest, Dame Alison Rose. Uh, that was on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, and it followed uh, her revelation that it was she who misled the uh, BBC's business editor, Simon Jack over the Nigel, over, uh, Nigel Farage's account. Coots, who were owned by NatWest, had closed down uh, his account for no apparent reason. When he inquired, uh, he was given an unsatisfactory uh, explanation. But the BBC reported on the basis on what it had learned from Alison Rose, now she's the, or used to be the chief executive of NatWest, that this was because he did not have sufficient funds to warrant such an account. When Mr. Faraj dug a little deeper, it became amply evident uh, in a 40-page dossier on him that the reason for the closure was um, uh, was far from uh, was well, was far from uh, was a little um, sinister. Uh, it was because Mr. Faraj had political views that were not compatible with the bank's inclusive values, and the BBC duly apologised. And so did Dame uh, uh, Alison Rose. But for Rose, an apology was not enough. For a chief executive to have broken client confidentiality, this was serious. And the inevitable took its course. A city minister, uh, Andrew Griffith, tweeted, It is right that the West, NatWest CEO has resigned. This would never have happened if NatWest had not taken it upon itself to withdraw a bank account, bank account due to someone's law, lawful political views. That was and is always unacceptable. I hope the whole financial sector learns from this uh, incident. Its role is to serve customers well and fairly, not to tell them how or what to think. And this was followed up yesterday by the chief executive of Coots, who also resigned. So uh, there's a lesson there. Um, uh, whatever lesson, uh, I think more than one lesson that you can draw. Uh, and one of them is do not cross uh, Nigel Farage. Nigel Farage, mm. yes, absolutely. Mm. It, it, it reminds me of the idiom, might is right. Might is right. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> yes, uh, apparently they're going to come uh, un, uh, under further criticism because of the profits they're making. Mm, mm. And that's another story that is uh, circulating around in the media. 
that the profits that these big companies are making are huge, billions and billions. Uh, BP and Shell, uh, NatWest, HSBC, uh, some of the uh, food companies, huge profits. And what people are complaining is that they are um, suffering a, a crisis uh, uh, themselves as far as living is concerned and um, finding it difficult to make ends meet. And these big companies are making huge profits. They feel at their expense. Uh, so charging us um, high amounts for their services and, um, and leaving us to um, uh, a life of penury. And so there is this uh, tension that is growing. I don't know how it's going to be resolved. It's one of the, I think some people say it's one of the consequences of capitalism, that mm. there is this um, uh, problem or issue with capitalism, that it tends to uh, accumulate wealth among a certain section, which continues to grow rich, richer and richer, uh, while the masses become um, deprived and poorer. We'll see how that unfolds in the future. Absolutely. So, Shall we move on? Yes, absolutely. I think uh, the the time is of the hour and we, sh we yes. have to uh, move on and start off with our first segment. And uh, we're looking at the topic uh, of Jalsa Salana, the Jalsa Vibes, a gathering bringing the world together. Hmm. Uh, so yes, the, the gist of the story, Brother Walid, hmm. is that uh, 40,000 uh, Muslims convene every year at the Jalsa Salana, the annual convention. And uh, the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community's annual convention, which is held in Hampshire, where parliamentarians, diplomats and royals from across the globe come to share their outlook on a more peaceful world. And this is all followed by the keynote addressed by His Holiness Hazamizam Suramad, uh, may Allah strengthen his hand, the world head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community, throughout the three days of Jalsa Salana, and the guest get to meet old friends and make new ones and all in the spirit of brotherhood uh, but w what it is uh, that is pulling the 40,000 Muslims from over 100 countries every year to Hampshire so many people who have never seen the Caliph before get the opportunity to pledge allegiance to him in the name of peace uh, whilst doing so they achieve a certain spiritual um, uh, spiritual rejuvenation through being in the company of a divinely inspired leader who has been guiding the entire world towards unity and you know the, 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 the whole purpose of Jalsa Salana as mentioned is that it is that spiritual revolution and uh, this year actually uh, Brother Willi, you, you would know more better on this is that uh, the the, com uh, the community now uh, we are accommodating fifty over fifty thousand people mm. uh, this this year. Um, I don't know if you got to see the the new sort of uh, installments they have on the site, such as the 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 butchery. Um, I don't know if you if you got the to what? see that. So uh, they, they the the fresh meat. Oh, okay. Uh, they, there's going All to right. be the butchers uh, right. who are going to be you know. Uh, uh, using the meat and cutting it uh -huh. and uh, I was watching one of the documentaries on MTA News and they were saying that on a daily basis about uh, 700 you know um, goats they're being 
uh, essentially all that meat mm-hmm. is being used and and it will be fresh and it will be cut mm-hmm. and used on the site here so okay. that that is something new which definitely uh-huh. i think i i would want to see as well okay so it's not, not only a good dose of spirituality we will get <laughs> but a good dose of uh, <laughs> lamb Absolutely. and meat that we will get Absolutely. okay Absolutely. yes very interesting right <laughs> But still no burfi. <laughs> That's not very healthy. This is well. Okay. Um, uh, yes, so uh, there, there is more to, to the annual convention than BCI. The convention was established by the founder of the Ambulance Community, like uh, uh, Imam Toki mentioned before, uh, the promised Messiah of Islam, Ahmed. Uh, and uh, uh, he presented four main purposes of this convention. Uh, one was to increase one's communion with Allah the Almighty. Two, to pray for those uh, brothers and sisters who have passed away. Three, to meet new members and increase uh, in uh, uh, fraternity. Uh, four, to gain and increase knowledge. And those four principal purposes presented by the Promise are being fulfilled ev- uh, in every aspect of the annual convention, Jalsa, call it uh, annual conference as well, um, these days as well. The most obvious being the purpose of increasing one's communion with Allah, the Almighty, with the entire schedule revolving around the live daily, uh, the five daily prayers, a person inevitably finds himself or herself in, uh, in uh, a very spiritual, uh, uplifted state. Now, um, we did uh, talk to a number of people. Uh, one was Amanda Luff, uh, and this is what uh, her experience or her feelings were regarding the uh, Jalsa Salana that she uh, attended uh, in one of uh, the years in the past. The line Amanda Luff uh, with us. Amanda is a NHS worker and has... Uh, Previously attended Jalsa Salala in UK. Uh, thank you very much for coming on, Amanda, and talking to us. Tell me, can you describe a little bit about your experience of attending the Jalsa? Did it meet your expectations? Um, I think it actually went above and beyond my expectations. Um, really? It was just a, it was such a lovely, lovely experience. Um, I've been several times, um, and everybody was just so welcoming um and polite and just couldn't really couldn't do enough to help and make you feel comfortable um and put you at ease um yeah i say just really going above and beyond it was really mm. really lovely yeah lovely the, atmosphere yes and the, yes tell me a bit more about the atmosphere what was it like and what was the hospitality like yeah, it was fantastic. I'd say the atmosphere, first of all, it's incredibly well organized. Um, you know, even traffic wise, though, you know, it was quite easy to get in. Um, it's, you know, super, super organized. Um, and just it's got, it's, it's a lovely, um, I say it's got a lovely sort of a buzz to it, a lovely atmosphere. Um, but also very, very calm and very friendly. Um, was, and yeah, just people. The line Amanda Luff uh, with us. Amanda is an NHS worker and has uh, previously attended Jalsa Salala in UK. Uh, thank you very much for coming on, Amanda, and talking to us. 
Tell me, can you describe a little bit about your experience of attending the dosa? Did it meet your expectations? Um, I think it actually went above and beyond my expectations. Um, it was just a, it was such a lovely, lovely experience. Um, I've been several times, um, and everybody was just so welcoming, um, and polite and just couldn't, really couldn't do enough to help and make you feel comfortable, um, and put you at ease. Um, yeah, I say just really going above and beyond. It was really, mm. really lovely. Yeah, lovely the, atmosphere. Yes, and yes. Tell me a bit more about the atmosphere. What was it like, and what was the hospitality like? Um, the, yeah, it was fantastic. I'd say the atmosphere. First of all, it's incredibly well organised. Um, you know, even traffic-wise, though, you know, it was quite easy to get in. Um, it's yeah, super super organised, um, and just it's got it's it's a lovely. Um, I say it's got a lovely sort of a buzz to it, a lovely atmosphere, um, but also very very calm and very friendly. Um, was, and yeah, and just people, yeah, just people are so happy, and you no, know, with mm. the, all the families and people have come from all over the world to be there. Um, and I think what's lovely as well is that, um, you know, being invited, if you're not part of your, you know, specific religious group, um, just wanting to welcome people from outside of your group to bring them in. And, you know, I think just to show them what it is like, because um, I think, you know, obviously, you know, there's a lot of bad press around um, yeah. and everybody gets tarred with the same brush when you're not like that and I think mm. it's really important to reach out so that you know the wider public can really see what it's all about um and it's such a positive experience it, yeah it's lovely yeah. um and and hospitality wise again just amazing um any of the things that I've been to whether it's been a women's group or um you know I've been to several things and always the the food is fantastic um it's always um just beautifully laid out um and i you know i i'm um a celiac so i have to have uh, gluten-free food um uh -huh. but everybody's so knowledgeable about what i can and can't eat um and they're really you know really on the ball with it so um, and I think the really, I think the really amazing thing is that um, I believe that all of the the food is um, um, prepared and cooked and served by the men and the boys, yes. um, or the catering side you of like it. That. Mm. Yeah, it's fantastic, and mm. it's um, you know very very different to how things are in. I'm going to say in the Western world. But it's very different to, you know, and um, I don't know. It's it's lovely. It really is lovely. Mm. You just sort of, mm. yeah, I can't, I can't, honestly can't say enough good things about it because it is so amazing. Mm. Um, and again, everybody's just wanting to make sure that you've got enough to eat and drink and that you're comfortable. Yeah, it's lovely. Mm. Um, and I know uh, we have a caliph, a spiritual leader, do you think it's yeah. important to have such leadership and guidance? Um, I do, actually. 
Um, I think just as humans, um, we need someone to guide us just to sort of keep on track mm-hmm. with where we're wanting to go. I think probably if we didn't have that spiritual leader, um, I think we'd probably sort of all wander off a bit and get a little bit lost. Um, mm. and, uh, yeah, so no, I do think it is really important. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Now, you mentioned Western world. I mean, um, you know, men and women have separate areas at Dilsa, which is very different to what we normally are accustomed to. What are your yeah. thoughts regarding such segregation? Well, again, I, um, because of, you know, like, if if I go to church, then, you know, everybody's together. And mm. it was, um, I think the first thing that struck me, actually, was the amount of people, you know, this massive area full of, you know, ladies and obviously men on the other side. Um, but I think it's um, in certain situations, uh, probably especially for women and, and you know, young girls, um, I think it makes you feel more at ease um, and you can, you know, sort of express yourself more easily. Um, and I don't know, you're just being... Just being with other women and girls, I don't know. Probably mm. less distractions, and mm-hmm. yeah, I think it. I think it does really work. I think you can just be yourself more easily, um, without mm. feeling. Um, I don't know what the word is. I don't know, self-conscious, or yeah, you can just sort of relax and yeah. It, I think it's mm. really, really lovely. Yeah. Oh, no, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Now, you're an NHS worker, and we know uh, the pittance that NHS workers are paid. They don't do it for the money. They do it for other reasons. Yeah. We, uh, we as a community, raise money for a lot of projects worldwide, for instance, yeah. building wells and schools and hospitals in Africa. Why, why do you think um, if philanthropy is uh, important, and uh, especially when you're doing something, I would say, very similar, yeah. Well, first of all, um, I think, again, your community is something that I think you go above and beyond with, um, mm-hmm. whether it's sort of local or worldwide. And I don't, I'm not sure that in our sort of norm, our communities, we approach it in, in quite the same way that you do. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's just lovely. But I do think it is really important you know whatever our faith is um we do need to help and support everyone um you know whether it's locally or in you know around the world um in whatever way we are able to whether it's you know physically mentally financially um i think you know we everybody has to do their bit to take care of everybody um mm. you know that's a you know it's really important um, you know, we can't just be thinking of ourselves or our immediate family, um, you know, and if we can't afford, if we haven't got the money to be able to contribute financially, then, you know, just offering our help um, or, you know, doing whatever we can. I think it is really important, really important. Mm. Well, I, I agree with you. Very well said. Mm. Thank you for coming on and sharing your thoughts with us. I wish you all the best in the future. Thank you very much. Thank you. So uh, that uh, is what we were listening to was uh, an interview uh, recording of our conversation with Amanda Adlal, an NHS worker who had come to one of her Jalsa Salanas and uh, 
uh, appeared uh, from what she said, very, very impressed. And this is not uncommon. We, we find these kind of comments and these kind of positive recollections and feelings about uh, this event uh, being expressed by, by many uh, visitors that is not a member of the community, uh, whether they are uh, MPs, senior officials, or whether they are uh, ordinary individuals. Uh, they are very much impressed by this particular event. Uh, it is very different to the kind of gatherings that uh, others are accustomed to, like Gaston, Gastonbury and uh, uh, Woodstock. Uh, this is uh, certainly um, a celebration, but a celebration of a different kind, absent of drugs and uh, reverie, but uh, more involving more of the spiritual uh, aspect of uh, the human condition and something that is more uplifting and more lasting than uh, other reveries, other gatherings would be able to provide. Um, Imam Tuki, what else can we, can we add in terms of um, describing what this um, event is about and how it should be perceived? Yeah, absolutely. You know, <clears throat> I was just, um, it reminds me, um, that uh, how important such gatherings are where the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, remembrance of Allah the Almighty, you know, is remembered. And, uh, you know, I remember that uh, one of my, uh, one of my friends, you know, he, he was a Catholic himself and he attended uh, one of the big iftar events um, in, in Betul Futu. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I was quite taken back by what he said. He said that he felt very spiritual coming into such gatherings and seeing Muslims pray and going into the mosque and uh, you know, seeing seeing the whole, everyone being very quiet and just remembering. And he said that I felt very spiritual. And really, Jalsa Salana, you know, this is what that, uh, this is what the serve, serve um, you know, per, it serves that purpose of really um, gaining that spiritual food, you know, that spiritual sustenance that we really need. And it reminds me of a saying of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, where the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, says that uh, such gatherings where the, you know, Allah the Almighty is remembered, then the angels, their wings of mercy uh, encompasses the whole gathering and has mercy on on the whole gathering and Allah the Almighty he blesses that gathering and in this narration there is a you know it, it also mentions that in uh, one of these gatherings they were also in an ind- individual who seems to just be passing by um, he didn't happen to partake in the blessings of it but just thought that you know what I let me just sit down and listen to what is happening then uh, you know the angels will say to Allah the Almighty what would we do about that individual you know he himself the, you know the the narration says that he himself was a sinner or of some sort and Allah the Almighty says that uh, you know have mercy on him as well you know he he will also be amongst those individuals that have partaken in that spiritual sustenance so essentially um, you know these gatherings where uh, the name of Allah the Almighty is remembered then it is of great blessings in the eyes of Allah the Almighty and I wanted to add to this point uh, by uh, emphasizing the uh, what the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, the founder of the Ambi Muslim community, 
what he has said on this uh, particular topic and the importance of attending Jalsa Salana. He said that the primary purpose of this convention is to enable every sincere individual to personally experience religious benefits. They may enhance their knowledge and due to their being blessed and enabled by Allah the Exalted, their perception of Allah may progress. And among its secondary benefits is that this congregation meeting together will promote mutual introduction amongst all brothers and it will strengthen the fraternal ties within this community. And he further says that it is essential for all those who can afford to undertake the journey that they must come to attend this convention which embodies many blessed objectives. They should discard minor inconveniences in the cause of Allah and His Prophet peace be upon him and Allah yields reward to sincere persons at every step of their way and no labor and hardship undertaken in, the, in His way ever goes to waste. I re-emphasize that you must not rank this convention in the same league as others, ordinary human assemblies. This is a phenomenon that is based purely on divine help for propagation of Islam. So very beautifully, the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, says that even you know, if you have to undertake a difficult journey to attend this convention, you must do so. And you know, we, we have in this convention who will come meet people who have come from all across the world, from Australia, from Canada, from USA, from Pakistan, from India. There's guests all over the world which have undertaken that journey for that spiritual sustenance and uh, um, you know I, I think when when uh, when listeners when they hear maybe externals when they listen that there's 50,000 Muslims gathering at a farm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's they, they sometimes they think that so uh, okay. <laughs> what sort of activity must be going on there but those that you know do come here and they do attend the event they're taken back they they can't believe it that you know they that you know they it's so, it's so spiritually up, uplifting that I, I would say that you know we should try our level best um we should get our guests here you know if we have any and our mm. neighbors you know get them get them more involved and make sure they partake in this blessing as well mm. um, so we'll be listening to a few of them well, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah um i'm sure my screen's just gone off but i'm sure the technical uh, team will be able to uh to to uh to repair it but um what, what's your experience like of Jal because obviously you've been here since yeah. uh a very long time <laughs> yes thank you for reminding me yes <laughs> Uh, yes, Jalsa has uh, uh, developed uh, phenomenally. I mean, uh, we uh, used to have uh, Jalsas in the uh, grounds of the London Mosque. Uh, uh, comparatively, I actually, I, I actually can't imagine that in in London Mosque. Oh. I do remember as a kid attending in uh, in Islamabad uh, in uh, in Tilford, in mm. Tilford. So I I do remember as a kid attending those. Yeah, and. Uh, because I was very young as well, everything seemed very big to me even there. Yeah. But when you now compare it, you know, um, 
you, you must have yes. remembered the small roti plant they had in, in oh the yes and we uh, were yeah we, and uh, i remember we, it was very difficult working there. i remember working there once as well uh, uh-huh. this was part of my uh training when i was in uh, jamia hamidia uk yeah. and uh, it was very difficult you know you had to uh meet need the dough and uh, yes. make it into like small round pieces and then put it into mm. the machine and then the machine will do it but now everything is automatic everything is automatic yes. and the the bread itself i don't think how you can improve it yeah no yeah but there there have been calls for commercializing it but okay. uh, but uh, we have resisted <laughs> it but it's it's bread that is uh, yeah it's it's amazingly uh, yeah amazingly tasty better than burfi let's say all right um uh, and also i mean it's interesting to know that i mean i remember when we when we got the site at islamabad it was 20 20 odd acres and we saw it was huge uh, 25 acres yeah. so it was huge uh, and wondered what we would do with it uh, yeah. and um but uh, it soon became too small for us mm. uh, uh the first till I remember was in 1985 that was held there mm. and um we had to um we had weather like this <laughs> <laughs> and we were not able to cope with it as well as uh, i think we were able to do that now um and we had to i know um order a lot of hay mm, mm. Uh, we didn't have any tracking mm. that we have now um so it was a yes it was a memorable event uh, and these are all memorable events for mm. their own and they have their own um characteristic or their own features each jansayas so it's a very very um uplifting event certainly but in different ways the subtle differences Absolutely. with each else that you, mm. that we find mm. anyway we we coming to uh, uh, the 8 o'clock news and um, after the 8 o'clock news we be uh, looking at uh, the second of a means uh, topics is regarding the um, the volunteers and uh, that uh, come to work uh, for the event um and uh, we'll be also listening to um, some of their experiences so here's the 8 o'clock news to don't go away we'll be back soon good morning welcome back to the breakfast show with the voices from me tamam tokit and we are myself with them at the time uh is 6 minutes past 8 it's uh, friday the 28th of july 2023 and this is a historic program in many respects because we are Uh, not broadcasting from our usual site in Bethlehem but from Adikulmedi uh, a farm or farmland in in Hampshire um when was he <coughs> we discussing the Jalsa Salam and one of the most remarkable remarkable features of this event is uh, the fact that the entire convention is run on the efforts of volunteers uh, Ahmadis members of the community dedicate and devote countless hours day and night to put together a small village with various facilities which will be home to the jalsa for 3 days um, this of course is a massive undertaking and various challenges can be met along the way what small the rainy weather can make for some muddy conditions at adikulmedi uh, something which the volunteers are all too familiar with but no matter uh, the conditions or the task at hand the volunteers of jalsa salana have a unique spirit and passion with which they work all due to the uh, prayers of his holiness 
the caliph, may Allah help uh, his, uh, may Allah be his helper. Um, Imam Tokir, uh, we've got a few guests. Uh, yes. We've got one of them here, uh, one of the volunteers. Perhaps if you can um, uh, introduce who, they, who these are and... Uh, Yes, so um, our first uh, guest uh, this morning is uh, Zirakh Ijaz. And uh, Zirakh Ijaz, he's actually the head of the um, the Muslim Youth Association in Finland. Uh -huh. And uh, throughout the week, um, he has been uh, serving here in the on the site area and he has been volunteering. Uh, so we've had him and another brother from Finland. Um, who've come here and uh, you know they've helped us throughout the whole site and uh, mashallah you know it's been very good you know the boys have been very much inspired that you know um, Zirak, brother Zirak being the head of the MTM Youth Association in Finland uh, you know he himself has volunteered um, and, and you know that's it reminds me of what the Holy Prophet peace be upon him has said as well that Sayyidul Qawmi Khatmum that the you know leaders of a nation are are you know, actually its servants so that's the essence you know that, uh, that that's what the Khalifa worked the you know he instills within the members of the community throughout the world uh, so um, Assalamu Alaikum thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, yeah, assalamu alaikum and uh, it's, it's a pleasure to be here thanks for providing me the opportunity how do you like our weather <laughs> well generally the weather is uh, i didn't find it much different to to the one we have like the summer we have in finland but the problem is the the soil we are on so ah, you know it's, yes. it's all damp and muddy mm -hmm. so it's been raining you know all pretty much most of the time uh, i spent here uh but yeah Okay. We, we, uh, that's that actually you know inculcates the 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 spirit mm -hmm. and creates something special and memorable memorable for us to to remember the experience so in that way i think we have enjoyed that and how many volunteers from finland well uh generally we had only two uh mm -hmm. like myself including and and one of one of the brother um for vakfarzi for which is like dedicating your your time um for for the service of your faith and and the community so we came uh last friday and then we spend the time on the site uh there are a few other members coming four to five of them today and uh, mm -hmm. as well so but they're going to they're going to do some other duties uh, on the jilsa site um but then we're gonna we're gonna definitely tell them that you guys have missed the you know the major part mm. the, the 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 base of the and the root of the mm. event so so yeah okay absolutely and you know this is why I wanted to ask you you know you um, also serving within the MDM Muslim Youth Association in uh, in Finland you know th and throughout the year uh, members of the community they always come forward. They volunteer, be it cleaning the local streets or raising money for charities. So, you know, what role has volunteering, serving the community, uh, what has it played in your life? How would you answer that? Yeah, well, actually, I think it's it's connected to the base. And for me, I think the, the pledge uh, that we make uh, as, as youth of the community, that we are ready to, to sacrifice our honor, our life, our wealth, um, and our time uh, for the service of our faith and the community. 
So I think this is the that spirit uh, volunteering brings uh, for me personally. You know, I, I take it as a sacrifice. And, you know, whenever we are serving, for example, just uh, just this year, we, we got the opportunity uh, by the grace of Allah that Huzur uh, Anwar directly gave us a task to, to donate a solar well in, in Africa. Mm. So, Alhamdulillah, we were able to complete that donation. Uh, I just submitted in, in the store, uh, I submitted the donation in, in the office. So that's also like sacrificing your, your wealth in terms of that. So and which country is this for? The uh, it, it's in Africa. It's in Africa. Do, so do you know which, which country? I don't know the exact place <laughs> right now because I think uh, they're going to, uh, IEEE is yeah. going to decide wherever yeah. they need it. Yeah. So they're going to give us a report later on. Okay. But uh, but it's somewhere in Africa where it's needed. So, um, so it's in terms of that. So I think this is the spirit uh, that volunteering brings of course we as as uh, youth uh this is the age where we can provide the you know the the best effort uh, or the best service to to humanity in any way so i think we should definitely utilize that absolutely um but we, we do have a clip to play for our listeners as well um um the, the workers you know who feel they are in wonderland uh, can, okay. we, can we listen to that okay no nope, certainly eagerly anticipating this event. Today we will be interviewing the workers of the Jalsa Salana UK who are working tirelessly day and night to make this Jalsa possible. And despite the obvious challenges and the downpour and the forecast of rain, nothing can dampen their spirits to serve with great dedication, devotion and enthusiasm to serve the Jamaat and Khilafat Ahmadiyya. You can probably see some of the challenges now in terms of the flooring and how we're going to get people from A to B. But the reality is, is that I think Qadam Lamadia has trained us to a point where we see a challenge and then we find a solution. We never go, oh, this can't be done. And all the guidance that we get from beloved Hazur as well gives us that motivation that whatever we want to achieve and succeed, we can absolutely do it. And, and you'll see that in every single Khadim's face. You know, they come on board, they're all smiling, they're happy, they're engaged, they're excited. Regardless of how muddy it is, regardless of how dirty we're getting, we're all here to kind of just serve. I mean, it's just, it's just the feeling. Just the emotions are quite high. I mean, like some of those things that you can't describe it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like you're just in Wonderland. That's what I could explain it. You know. So I have been to very, very spiritual sites myself, and it's just one of those sites I could say it's nothing else. Right. So that was a clip. Uh, uh, basically, uh, the workers who feel they are in Wonderland. That's what uh, that uh, clip uh, indicated, at least. Um, so Imam, uh, we've got uh, uh, another guest with us, uh, Imam Tokir. Uh, perhaps uh, you can introduce. Yes, uh, we have uh, with us uh, Doctor Abdul, uh, Doctor Hadi, Doctor Ataul Ataul Hadi, <laughs> no Abdul Hadi, Doctor Ataul Hadi, and uh, he is a doctor um, from all the way from Australia, um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Another interesting point is that he also was volunteering. Um, he came on uh, Sunday, Sunday, right? Uh, so sun- he came uh-huh. there on Sunday morning and uh, uh, came straight to the site and ready to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been doing a lot of work as well okay. um, in terms of you know laying, laying the carpets and uh, in terms of electrical departments as well anywhere you know where they need manpower he has been there he's been serving on site 
so assalamu alaikum to you and thank you for joining us this morning at the voice of islam radio station like assalam everyone and everyone um my pleasure it's just an honor to be here and share some of my experiences mm-hmm. and uh, are you following the cricket Am I following the cricket? That's uh, that's going to be a big no, only because I know it's a bit odd being from a Pakistani background and not following cricket. I get that a lot, uh-huh. but I'm a bit of a soccer player. Oh, I a, see. Yeah, and a fan. All right. Uh-huh. Who, who do you support? Uh... In terms of soccer, uh, you got me cornered there. I don't watch too much of any sports. I like to play sports, but I don't. I don't get to watch as many. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be able to pick something up. Absolutely. Are there many Australians that have come here for the Jalsa? I've seen quite a few actually. I've uh-huh. seen quite a few um, from different 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 states. Um, so I, I would say roughly around four, uh, around forty to fifty would be a good estimate. You know, given the number of people I've seen, mm. uh, but there could be more. There could be slightly less. It's mm. very interesting. It's a long way off, though. I didn't realize until this time around. <laughs> I was feeling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalsas are held all over the world. Yes. Um, yes. Are they, what's the Jalsa like in Australia? Yeah, so until two years ago, we were holding Jalsa in the premises of our headquarter mosque, which is Batul Huda in Sydney. So it's got massive, you know, soccer and cricket fields where we would put um, the marquees on um, and, you know, set everything up like you guys do it here, but on a much smaller scale, obviously. But what we realized was that Post the Jalsa, the masjid grounds were getting ruined a lot from the machinery that had to be, um, you know, taken on the grounds and, you know, it would rain and things like that. So since last year, we've moved the Jalsa to a race course, a beautiful facility, um, just very close to our mosque in Sydney as well. And it's got a lot of potential for hiring more and more uh, bigger halls. And it's, it's just so much uh, better. It's air conditioned uh-huh. um, and it's just uh, it's just a much much nicer facility um, to be able to hold a bigger programming. So since last year to this year, we've been holding it there, and that's our plan in the fu- in the near future to be holding it at that venue. Uh-huh. And uh, I did ask this question to Brother Z- Zirak as well that uh, you know he he's been uh, he he he's been here on site. He's been wor- working in various capacities on the site as well. Um, you know, you you being from Australia, um, Adi, um, and I, I also want to mention here that uh, you yourself are Vakfino, and uh, for the listeners that don't know, uh, Vakfino is that scheme where, you know, parents, they dedicated their children uh, to serve uh, the community when they do attain that age and when they have excelled in their field. And by the grace of Allah, the Almighty, um, uh, Brother Hadi, he has also, you know, he's... Uh, done his degree he's done his studies and now uh, he is he is a doctor and uh, you know obviously his his plan is also uh, to to serve the community uh, once he has completed his specialization and essentially uh, before I do get into uh, what your plan is Hadi I, I wanted to go on a more deeper level and ask what does it mean to serve within the community? What does it mean for you to uh, volunteer in any capacity you can for the community? Yeah, that's a, that's a deep question, Marisa. <laughs> we can get quite philosophical about it. <laughs> um, 
I, I guess, like you mentioned, you know, being a Wakfeno and raised with an idea that, you know, your, your, you know your, your life is to serve humanity and, you know, serve the community of the Promised Messiah, Islam. You know, I had this, I had this middle-aged crisis, as we call it, where I was, you know, obviously trying to become a doctor is a long path. Um, you know, I, I, it took me about 13 years from, you know, year 11, year 12 onwards to, you know, graduate almost. So I was, I was feeling that, you know, when is the WAF going to start? You know, when, I, when will I be able to yeah. actually, you know, fully devote my life to that? Um, and just with the, with, the, with the field that I'm in, it was just feeling that it's getting prolonged a lot. Yeah. So then I, I realized that, you know, there's no guarantee of life either. Yeah? You know, who knows when I'll be able to make it, whether I'll be able to make it and whether I'll be alive at that point. So I was like, you know, your, your work should, you know, start now. You know, you should devote your time, energy, you know, all of your intentions and do the maximal sacrifice that you can do um, beginning now. And then whatever future holds, Allah Ta'ala knows better. Um, so with that in mind, I actually started putting more and more time um, and, you know, taking whatever little time I can take out here and there, trying to reduce the time that I procrastinate in and other things and make it make myself try, make myself more and more useful for the Jama'at. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're just a small piece in a puzzle. Um, so your role, you can't say this one person's role is so significant, you know, or anything like that. So it's not that you're doing something massive. You're just trying to play your little part wherever you can do. So same with Wakfe RZ, you know, I didn't come in with a specific skill or, or, or anything like that. You just make yourself available for whatever you're asked of. Um, you know, not, no task is below you or above you. Um, whatever you're given, you, you do your best. Uh, you do the best that you know that you can do with it, and absolutely, absolutely. And my my next question I wanted to ask both of the guests is I'll start off with you, brother Hadi, and then uh, move on to you, uh, brother Zirakh. Is that what what were some of the roles uh, that you were given on the site? What what were some of the tasks you were given, and how did you find them? Yeah, first of all, you know, being my first jalsa of this massive scale. I oh, just, this is your first one? Yeah. You, you've not first attended UK. here in the UK? No, no, I haven't. So I was I was quite taken back by the fact, you know, as to how many different people are working on so many different things. So I really couldn't get my head around as to how this is all coming together. So, you know, I just thought, you know, I'll just go by what I'm given and just do that in the time being and then take it from there. And as you know, Marbisab, there were so many different needs and demands over in different departments. So we were just getting... Um, you know, task in different, different departments, you know, one morning we'll be doing, you know, moving around carpets from point A to, let's say, men's marquee. Mm. And, you know, in the afternoon, we'll be laying carpets in other small, small marquees, laying underlays, cleaning places, uh, moving things around. So just quite variable as to the things we were doing. And I guess that was also the beauty of it, because, you know, you, you can never get bored because you've, all, you go, you've also got, you know, different, different things that you're doing. Um, but, uh, you know, it was uh, it was quite quite variable in the things that we were doing, and um, I, I was I was really enjoying you know seeing so many different people doing their own tasks, and it it, it looked like a very organized chaos to me. <laughs> <laughs> Good description. <laughs> and and you brothers here. Um, yeah, so I think as Hadith um, explained, um, I think because uh, the most important factor in terms of our team who have dedicated their life temporarily for, for 
you know, serving this uh, this handle convention. So I think for us, uh, as we were on site, so it's basically we were, you know, on call. Uh, so there are a lot of departments, and whenever there is manpower required, so we were there to help, you know, because we were pretty much every day we were around 25 people on site. Um, it has been shifting, you know, sometimes 30, sometimes 22, uh, around that. But we were about, on average, we were about 25 people on site all the time. So that's when it gets more interesting because then there are a lot of tasks and, and uh, you know, according to need, we were being asked, to, you know, so um, so we, for example, and I think we, we found ourselves very, very fortunate that uh, we were able to, you know, set up the stage of the main marquee. Uh, you know, put up the put up the dice and the desk where Hazurunver is gonna you know uh, sit and speak mm -hmm. to the to the audience worldwide. So this was one of the huge blessing that that's what I, like for me that I considered um, in terms of that. But then of course, as he explained, you know, it was about pulling, pushing, and picking up stuff, cleaning up stuff. You know, heavy heavy metals, heavy carpets, things like that. So it was all over the site. And we were just ready and available, whatever required and needed. Absolutely, Pratvalit, uh, I'll hand the mic over to you if you have any. Well, I, I find it fascinating that uh, you have these professional people um, uh, serving in uh, senior positions, mm -hmm. uh, um, both within the community and outside, mm -hmm. uh, but mucking in like like the rest. You know, with mm. us humble folk mm. well, uh, in all the tasks that they're interested to do. And I suppose, Zirik uh, Sab, I mean, um, that, uh, you were called upon at all times. Would that be uh, fair to say? Um, no, I wouldn't say that all times in terms of like it wasn't 24 hours you know, duty. So we had like a like a day routine. So we started around, you know, 10, 1030 uh, in, in the morning and then we were finishing about 8 8 p.m. So it was like a like a whole day, and of course we needed some some rest and some food breaks in between because we were carrying and mm -hmm. doing those heavy tasks. So uh, so it was an all day, but but yeah, it was like pretty much the more than a working day you, you would call it. Right. So you mentioned the the fact there that there was a lot of overtime. Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you mentioned the fact that uh, one of the highlights of the tasks that you were able to do was the stage and where Huzu uh, was going to be speaking from. What about the other side? What was the most difficult task or the <laughs> most, the task that uh, you found uh, not so easy? Um, well, of course, you know, and um, one thing that made pretty much every task more challenging was the weather. So, you know, because mm -hmm. it was raining a lot and, and the side is like clay soil here. So it was muddy and it was, you know, even, even like moving around the side, that made it very difficult. So, but apart from that, I think um, I would say that because we were like, you know, pulling and, and picking up stuff. So there were heavy, heavy things sometimes. But the main, I would say that um, the thing that drained me or drained my energy mm. and which was a, a new skill for me as well that I learned was setting up a marquee. How do you set up a market? So there's a frame, uh, you know, the, the frame, setting up frames are, is not that difficult. But then what you have to do is that you have to pull up the roof from one end uh, to the other using ropes. And you just have to drag them. And we, had, we got like eight of them. 
So, <laughs> so I would say that drained my energy a lot. Mm-hmm. But then now we see we we have clips of that, and now when we see that um, it was on on social media, someone recorded that and sent them. So when we when we see those clips now, now we're enjoying. You know that that was the part of, that we didn't. Maybe mm-hmm. we're proud of that. So, <laughs> but but I think no no task you know decreased that uh, the spirit and and the brotherhood between the teams you know as we have got people from um as you mentioned that we've got professionals you know mm. in their fields we've got doctors uh, we we got a pharmacist we got engineers we got it professionals and uh, you know mm. they're all professionals and so so this was the the fun part that no task decreased that spirit and brotherhood between us teaches humility as well that uh, you know you have such professions as you, as you mentioned doctors pharmacists um, you know engineers and really uh, even you'd see on site they're doing the smallest of tasks as well like even picking up litter or uh-huh. whatnot and it, it, the whole reason is that you know they want to attain that pleasure of Allah the Almighty mm. you know they they want to gain nearness to Allah the Almighty they want to increase that brotherhood bond uh, amongst the community they they want to increase in that love they have for beloved his holiness azam azam surah uh, may allah be his helper and this is where i wanted to steer the conversation next as well that uh, you know since the covid pandemic hit uh, many of us especially from overseas as well they haven't had the chance to meet his holiness or pray behind his holiness for for several years now and uh, essentially uh, after the covid pandemic this is that first international convention which is taking place after the covid pandemic as well and the one of the purpose of jalsa salana as well that members they not only partake in the spiritual uh, sustenance but also they attain that nearness as well of of the of of the caliph of the community as well and i was just reading on this the promised messiah peace be upon him also mentioned this that how important it was at that time that members of the community they attained that physical company and the promised messiah he announced that at the end of his book the heavenly decree that every year on 27th december the members of the community should unite in qadian and should spend some time in his company and we know that it was in december when the annual convention had taken place and stressing the importance of staying in his company the promised messiah peace be upon him also says that if after entering the fold of bayat uh, the you know the oath of allegiance an individual does not care to meet me such a bayat shall be without blessing and a mere ritual and in fact the promised messiah peace be upon him expressed that by meeting him the purpose of bayat could be fulfilled and the purpose was to neutralize the love for worldliness and to allow the love for the exalted lord and the beloved prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him to dominate the hearts to create such a condition of indifference to this life so that the journey to the hereafter is not detested and the powerful spiritual awe and blessings of the promised messiah possessed meant that such reformation could take place within someone just by staying in his physical company and the 3 days of the annual convention jalsa salana therefore acted as a bare minimum where especially for those who could not meet him during the year 
they attain that nearness of the promised Messiah, peace be upon him as well. And essentially, these brothers that have come from Australia, from Finland, from various parts of the world, you know, they, they've been waiting very eagerly to meet His Holiness as well. And uh, I wanted to uh, mention here as well that these brothers that were staying on the site here, uh, they were going early in the morning as well to pray uh, the, the the Fajr prayer behind His Holiness as well. And not only that, wherever they had time, they, they would go to read prayers behind His Holiness as well. And... I wanted to bring the mic over to you first, uh, Dr. Hadi, that um, I think after the pandemic, this is probably the first time you've seen His Holiness. So what was your experience like? I know you had a uh, meeting with His Holiness as well. So let, let me let us know how, how your feelings, what, what were you going through? Yeah, so myself, I was again a very deep question. Yeah, uh, we're, yeah, we're, going very, we're, we're going very deep yeah, in yeah, now. You're, you're, doing, you're throwing a lot of, of curveballs. Um, but yeah, uh, basically, myself, uh, I think the hardest. So I met I met Hazrat last time in a private mulaka. That was end of 2018. That was a that was a time that I had you know almost the first time got in the passport of australia and i could actually travel so i came here i wanted to see hazur because hazur was in australia in 2013 october that was my first ever mulaka with the khalifa um and you know i was always yearning for it you know uh, to you know um, meet meet hazur and were again but hazur hasn't come um just yet again so i came in 2018 and the hardest part at that time for me was going back not knowing when i'll be able to come again what the circumstances would be what life would be in future because you know it's not an easy journey to take and at that time also i had just gotten into my degree the doctor of medicine that i started then um and you know the the, the routine is so grueling and you know you don't it's not something you just take a week off and just travel or anything like that so and you know financially as well because you're studying full-time you don't you don't have enough time to start working and things like that so i actually didn't know when would be when would it be again that i'd be able to come back and meet his and where so that that's that's the tough that's the toughest thing for me and even this time around you know when i when i saw Hazur and i came out of the room you know it's the same feeling again that you know, you don't you don't know when you'll be able to. It's not like you're in the UK or Scotland or Glasgow and you can just drive down and you know be you know offer prayers behind Azur and where. So you know you're always thinking of maximizing that time in the presence of Azur and where, whether that be you know going to Mubarak Mosque to offer, to offer any other prayers that you get a chance of, um, or you know the reason we are here for Jalsa as well is also you know so that we can you know directly benefit from Azur and where's presence and guidance. You know being in the same uh, you know vicinity where Hazurianwar is, um, and you know obviously the private mulakat is a is a unique experience for everyone. You know mm. the moment mm. the moment you walk into the room with Hazurianwar looking directly at you and smiling and calling out your name, you know it just changes every single feeling that you had before. You know however nervous you were, however uncertain you were, you know you feel like the whole world is just just right there. Mm. Um, and, and, and honestly, I really cannot describe it. I was just, I was just over the moon, obviously, with Zuran were looking at me and you know smiling. Um, and you know, I had a lovely malakal, alhamdulillah. Um, and and last time, I was so happy when I came to see Hazur as well was because I had just gotten into medicine, and there were so many uncertainties 
that, you know, being a wakf, I always thought whether I'll be able to get anywhere, make myself worthy enough to be wakf as well, you know. So I had to pretty much do four degrees, take gap years to be able to get there. So I was really happy that I was meeting Hazur at that point because then I could tell him that, you know, I've, I'm, you know, I've gotten into the degree now and being a wakf as well, that Hazur will be very, Hazur will be, very, will be very pleased with me. And, you know, uh, and, you know, I asked Hazur at that time as well, whether Hazur wants me to do a certain specialty and stuff like that. And Hazur replied, you know, you've just gotten into medicine, you know, <laughs> get, get it done with, with it first. And then we'll think about the specialty. And, you know, this time around as well, it was also, again, special for me because I, I graduated now and I'm able to do work for RZ, work for Zindagi at this point. Now I'm almost ready to do it. Um, so it was also a unique experience in that sense as well. I remember in 2013 when I met Hazur and I just got into Australia that same year. And I was doing a diploma of health science and that, 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 that's a degree way far off from, you know, getting into medicine. And we had a family malakad there, my brother's uh, family, my, 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 my father, my sister's family was there as well. And, you know, Hazur asked me what I'm doing and obviously told I was working and I'm doing, um, you know, whatever little diploma. Mm. And Hazur said, okay, um, you know, do masters in science if you can't get into medicine. So, you know, I carried that with me. I was like, okay, <laughs> maybe I won't get in, but at least I'll be able to do master science. But, you know, uh, yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's just a highlight. And, you know, you, you saying that this was your target as, as you know, being born as a Wakfino, you know, where you've, you've been taught that, you know, you have to excel in your, not only in your spiritual knowledge, but also your secondary knowledge as well. And uh, essentially, you know, be you being a doctor, you're now, your plan is now when you have completed your specialization, you're ready to then give your time for, for the community and you're ready to wherever uh, the, wherever His Holiness says that, you know, we, we need doctors, you are, you are ready to serve in sure. that, in that field. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, there's a guidance from Azuri and we're for all Wakfina as well who are in medical field that mm. once you graduate, you should go where do Wakfina in one of the Jamaat hospitals for a bit. So you get to understand because, you know, medicine is so different in various parts of the world. Um, and in Australia, you know, for example, the facilities you have at hand are unreal, um, you know, compared to any third world countries where, yeah. um, you know. Um, so just always thinking about it and making yourself ready. And Hazrat were actually told me um, when I asked about Wakfiyazi, he said, "Yeah, you know, let's go. Why don't you go to Rabwa and see if you can, uh, you know, live or survive there?" <laughs> so I said, "Inshallah, you know, we'll be able to live wherever he sends me." Um, but you're from Pakistan, aren't you? So, yeah, I was just shy. I was just shy of 21 when I came to Australia. Okay, so Rabba should not be difficult. Ah, oh, Rabba. Well, you know, it's not the easiest of the things either. <laughs> I, th- I, but, think, I think Rabba would be more difficult for yeah. Melissa because... Oh, yes. <laughs> I've been there in the winter months. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think I'd be able to withstand the heat in the summer. Absolutely. Mm, Absolutely. Too much for me. But, you know, little inconveniences in the way of Allah Ta'ala is actually a source of pleasure as well. Like you were asking Brother Zirik what the challenge was, you know. Um, so I was thinking that, you know, these minor inconveniences actually only mean that you get more blessings of Allah Ta'ala. And that's what I was feeling every time I was having to walk to the toilet in, you know, while it was raining and it was the toilet's a few meters off. Uh, and, you know, you have to wear your gum boots and then take them off and then come back in. So and I was only thinking, it was reminding me of one of the incidents of the third caliph who went on a little Jamaat tour, on a little Jamaat trip. And everything was perfect along the way for a couple of days, but just on the way back, their car uh, tripped. So their car rolled over and they had a bit of an accident. 
And Hazul came out of the car and said, Alhamdulillah. And, you know, everyone everyone was just a bit taken back by why Hazul was saying, Alhamdulillah, it's such a blessing. So he said that while everything was going okay, we didn't get, you know, as much as much blessing in the way of Allah Ta'ala compared to now that we had to bear a minor inconvenience in the way of Allah Ta'ala. So the blessings with this inconvenience have just become manifold. And I would, I would also like, by, by just uh, him mentioning the incident, uh, I would also like to um, highlight uh, one of the incidents that within our team during mm. this uh, voluntary work uh, stood up for me was that one of our African brothers in the team, you know, when uh, once, uh, because we were having uh, meetings at the end of the day. So in one of the meetings, um, you know, we were kind of explaining, um, some people were telling, you know, that, yeah, it was difficult, that task was difficult, it was heavy, you know, things like that. So the African brother, he just literally, you know, just stood up and gave the example of uh, one of the companions of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that during a war, when, uh, when uh, you know, the arrows were being pointed at the Prophet, mm. you know, the, the companion, he just, you know, stood his hand in front of his face so that his, his face didn't get hurt. And, uh, you know, his hand got shunned by yeah. that. And of so, Allah. Yeah. Mm. So, so, um, so, you know, he said that if that was the spirit back at that time, why we can't just, you know, bear these kind of small little hardships during our way. So, I mean, this was the spirit within the team. And this mm. is how uh, we were being motivated. And we were being motivating each other in, in terms of that. Mm. So I think this was the highlight as well. And, and uh, Brother Zirik, here coming to you as well, you know, um, I, I don't know exactly when when you met uh, His Holiness as well, as Amazam Surah but... Let let us know, you know, when when was it the last time you had meeting, and what were your feelings like praying behind His Holiness, and uh, you know, if you could uh, let us know. Yeah, well, um, as Brother Hadi said, I think, and you explained in the beginning as well that we were very fortunate that um, we were able to offer regular prayers uh, behind His Holiness, and this was also one of the purposes. You know, that's why we came earlier to 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 get more time and to you know in in close proximity to to Hazur. And that's why we, we brought Khuddam as well uh, in terms of that so that they can get those blessings, they can spend more time because, you know, just being in the place, in the surrounding where you know that the caliph or the representative of God the Almighty is present, that's such a profound feeling that you can't explain that. And um, so, by the grace of Allah, I was, I was uh, fortunate enough to, to have regular uh, meetings with, mm -hmm. with Zuri Anwar, um, even during this year and, and last year as well. So, but in terms of that, you know, even I was reading one of the accounts of um, some, some senior members of the community who are pretty much, you know, who are very close to Huzur and they're pretty much reporting on daily basis or weekly basis to Huzur Anwar. And they have had countless, you know, private mulakats with Huzur. But even they were explaining that each time, whenever they go, they're waiting for, the, for their turn. It feels like as if they're meeting uh, Huzur for the first time. Mm. So, you know, whenever you see Huzur, whenever you meet Huzur, it's always an exciting feeling. You, do, you know, you, you can't say that, um, you know, it's, it's nothing different or, you know, it's explainable. So all, every time it's, it's as if you're meeting Huzur for the first time. So, of course, you know, the excitement that this brings in and the blessings that this, uh, this brings in uh, is um, unmatchable and unexplainable. Absolutely, absolutely, and and uh, you know, there's something, brother, believe that we've witnessed that uh, these brothers um, who have been coming on site as well, they have been giving very difficult tasks as well um, throughout the day. You know, they they would be starting early uh, around nine in the morning, and they'll be working through uh, maybe seven, eight. 
uh, till in the evening. But uh, yet, you know, they, 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 we had such a beautiful spirit, such mm. a beautiful vibe that, you know, it, it just felt, um, you know, it, you, we were all reaping those blessings uh, from attending the, the site itself. And uh, especially the fact that, uh, you know, you could see from these brothers when they went to pray behind Hazur, um, when when they were seeing him, that it meant so much. So that itself, I think, was uh, very much spiritually uplifting for all of us, really. Mm-hmm. And it's that kind of thing that binds, binds us together, doesn't it? And uh, one of the... Uh uh, what uh, Zirikshaw was saying, one of the elements I can draw from that is that you have people from all over the world, different walks of life, you come for a common purpose and you, you build new friendships you? Uh, and those friendships are going to be with you throughout your life. Uh, I don't think I'm going to forget you. I'm not going to forget Do- uh, Dr. Hazi Ali uh, 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 either. So it just shows that um, you know this uh, this aspect of brotherhood that the mm. promised Messiah peace be upon him envisaged is somehow coming together. Um, uh, how it's coming together in these kind of uh, in these kind of events? Absolutely. Um, any, any other question, brother? Lee, you wanted to ask the. Well, uh, I think I can't. I mean, we grilled them enough. I think. <laughs> <laughs> This was the most difficult interview I've been in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, one thing, uh, uh, many members, uh, they travel from across the world to attend the three days of the annual convention. You know, how did you decide that you will not only attend uh, the convention, but also volunteer your time? But before I do ask that as well, how long is the flight from Australia to UK? That, that, that's why <laughs> it's, it's way too long for your comfort, I guess. <laughs> um, so it depends on which route you take and which airline you're coming with. And, you know, after COVID as well, with inflation going through the roof, you know, ticket prices have just skyrocketed. So if you go via Dubai and Qatar Airways and things like that, it roughly costs about, you know, 3500 to $4,000 and that travels slightly shorter. Um, it'll, it'll be like a 14-hour flight and a 7-hour flight. Um, I went via China, so I had to actually take three flights, um, a local flight from Adelaide to Melbourne, which is about two hours, and then Melbourne to Shanghai, which was another 11 hours, and mm. then Shanghai to here, which was also another 11 hours. So roughly around, roughly around, give or take, 22 to 24 hours of flight time, and then all the transits in between and, and things like that. So And you survived. And I, I survived around there, and I was, I was alive and well and ready to go because all, all, all along the way, I was just thinking that I want to maximize my time here. So I was forcing myself to sleep, even though it was a sleep time or not mm. sleep time. Um, and, you know, Alhamdulillah, I, I, I felt quite happy with myself with the fact that I was so fresh coming in. Uh, and Marbisa picked me from Battle for two and we were here and ready to go that I didn't waste another day just sleeping in um, uh, with, with the jet lag, supposed jet lag. Um, but, yeah, and I, you know, as regards to your first question, you know, in regards to coming for Jolson and coming in early, um, I've been very fortunate enough to join um, and having, um, you know, taken part in the Jalsa Kardian in 20, end of, that was end of 2011, mm. um, actually 2010, um, 2010 or 11, one of those years. And, you know, I, 
when you go from Pakistan to Kardian, it's quite a quite an quite an interesting journey that you have to take. Um, but I went in um, a week or ten days earlier, and I saw how Kardian actually grew in those days. The the day to day difference um, as the Jalsa approached. So you know, I just wanted to experience that again. Um, and I just wanted to see how everything's coming along, you know, like how things are looking before and as they're getting ready, as more and more guests arrive, you know, just the hustle and bustle of this place really grow. Um, and, you know, by the by the same token, also be able to benefit, you know, from like we've spoken before from the company of Zuranwar. And to be to be honest with you, the biggest factor for me was the fact that I wanted to uh, strategically come so I can, you know, get the opportunity to meet to meet Zuranwar because I wasn't sure whether, you know, after the Jalsa with just you know so many delegates and guests and stuff like that, whether I'd get the opportunity to meet Zuranwar. So I was also thinking about that a lot. Yeah, this it's interesting you mentioned that because uh, you had essentially um, written to have a private meeting, private mulaqat with His Holiness and. You did, you didn't know. Yeah. You didn't know if you were uh, going to have that or not, and it, really he was unsure throughout the whole way until he got on the flight. <laughs> I was halfway through. I was in. I was actually in China when you mentioned me. <laughs> so I, I got a I got a call from the private secretary office saying mm-hmm. that well, um, uh, brother Hadi, uh, he has been confirmed, uh-huh. um, and they asked, okay, is he here or not? And uh, I was like, he's not even here yet. He's going to be coming on. on. The way. <laughs> he's, he's on the way. The package is on. The way. <laughs> and then like, you need to tell him he has a mulakat on Monday. Mm-hmm. So I messaged Hadi, and I think he was on maybe Shanghai Airport at that time. He's like, oh, he was over the mood, you know, uh-huh. that uh, when he found out that. Um, his mulaqat with His Holiness has been confirmed. Yeah. I, I wanted to just uh, read out a quotation of the third caliph of, on this as well. Um, so the third caliph, Hazrat Mizza Nasir Ahmad, may Allah the Almighty have uh, mercy on him. He once explained the binding of heart was a reality manifested in the shape of Ahmadiyyat. And in 1915, 67, um, while he was in Denmark, a Christian priest had asked His Holiness that what was what was his status within the community? And His Holiness, he gave, he replied by saying that this question was incorrect and he gave a very beautiful answer. And he said that the Imam of the Jamaat of the community and the Jamaat itself are two names of one and the same thing. And the Khalifa of the time and the Jamaat itself both unify to become one entity. This is why it is the task of the of Khilafat to strive to elevate the pain and suffering of the Jamaat. So such a beautiful answer and indeed there is absolutely nothing as pure as and sincere as the love that exists between the Ahmadi uh, members of the community and the Khalifa itself. And it is a type of love that transcends tribal, ethnic, national and political boundaries and it is a love that is in many aspects no less than a miracle of God. And flipping through the pages, um, you know, of this, the, the writer mentions here that we find innumerable instances that manifest uh, and they show the affection by Amdis for their believe, uh, beloved Khulafar successes and, you know, I, I truly... Uh, resonate and and agree with this point uh, and just on that it reminds me of an incident 
when uh, I was very fortunate to travel to um, Mali as well. And Mali is in West Africa and it is actually one of the poorest countries in the world. And in 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 Mali, we traveled to one of the villages over there. And uh, to get to one of the villages, uh, you have to come off the track, off the main road. And uh, it was a 50-kilometer uh, route, from, just like when you're traveling in Hadikatul Madi and, you know, the you're bouncing up and down on the south. That's how it was to get to one of the villages. And I was so surprised that the village itself was so primitive. Uh, they didn't have any TVs. They didn't have any dishes over there. Uh, the houses were mud houses. Um, very, very, very primitive place. And uh, so we met the, the the local missionary over there. He introduced me to all the members. We sat down, we had food. And uh, over there, you know, every village has a chief. And uh, I met the chief and I didn't speak the language. The only word I, I learned in their local language was, that <laughs> may Allah accept your prayers. Um, that's, that's all I knew. I didn't know any other word. But... I was truly amazed that the chief, he called me after after we had our sitting, we were laughing, we were eating. He called me in his in his little mud house and I went in. There wasn't any light over there. It was like pitch pitch dark. And uh, he had his little bed in the corner. And uh, he picked up a picture of the promised Messiah, peace be upon him. Wow. And a picture of Khalifa. And I was taken back so much that you know, I'm literally nowhere. Like, what is this? Like, I'm literally in a random village where they don't have TV, they don't have light, they they don't have anything. It's so primitive. Yet, you know, he has a picture of the promised Messiah peace be upon him, and a and a picture of Khalifa Abak. So, it it truly shows that this love is uh, is given by Allah the Almighty in the hearts of the believers, and. Uh, it resonates with what the third caliph of the Amdiya Muslim community, Azam is Nasir Ahmed, what he's explained that the Khalifa and, and, the, and the members of the community, they are of the same entity. And uh, that love is, you know, no one can say that is one-sided. You know, we, we have countless narrations where we find that the, the caliph himself expresses the same amount of love that the members of the community have as well. And I think... Uh, we we can end end it with uh, with with this really on uh, on uh, yeah. on on this point. Um, no, no, very well said. Um, there is we do have a clip about uh, one of these working day and night. Would you like to? Yes, yes. Shall we share that with the one Absolutely, listeners? absolutely. Okay. Thousands of people are here, so we got volunteers from across the country that are here not for any monetary gain, but only for spiritual gain. And they do this for the service of Islam and Ahmadiyyat and helping humanity at large. Um, we've got Hamad here who's actually a medical student. He's working for MT International as a presenter. Hamad, just wanted to tell people that are watching this exactly what you do in your day-to-day -day life, you know, working as a medical uh, student. And then also... Uh, what you're doing here at Jalsa? So I always joke with my friends, you know, that you know, I'm a medical student, but I work with MTA, which means me a cameraman, an editor, and also a carpenter sometimes as well. So it's a, it's, it's a huge privilege, and it's a, it's a great you know, opportunity to increase my skill set. And it doesn't just help over here, it helps in the hospital as well. So how, do you, how does that make you feel at the end of the day, that you're also helping humanity as a doctor, but also helping them as a Muslim and an Amdi Muslim? No, I feel incredibly privileged, you know. The duty of a Muslim is to fulfill
as God and to also fulfill the rights to his fellow man as well. So the fact that I feel like I'm doing both of them makes me feel incredibly privileged and increases my empathy towards mankind. I would not be the person who I am today, you know, the Muslim that I am today without his guidance and his constant love and prayers. Boys as young or as, as 12 here um, uh, and ranging up to the age of 39 and we're all doing this to serve humanity uh, and for the Jamaat. So what drives me uh, personally is to get closer to God. Um, be next to Hazuri Agdis. And so what I want to do is I want to up, uplift myself, be spiritually at the rank where I believe that I've done good for human beings. And that's what drives me, just to make sure that we are here smiling, um, smiling for the guests of the Holy um, Promised Messiah, alayhi salam. And that's what we are here for, um, just to serve. Right, so that was a clip uh, sharing uh, the thoughts of volunteers working day and night. Uh, we've still got our, uh, our guests here with us. Uh, uh, Brother Zirik, um, uh, you've uh, now told us about the work that you've been engaging in, the preparation of this event. The event is going to be underway in a few hours' time. Uh, what are your expectations? Uh, well, um, I think uh, one thing is that we are hoping and we are praying that the weather stays better. Because mm -hmm. then the overall, you know, the uh, the attendees and the participants can then, you know, actually enjoy uh, the and they can have the full experience of, of uh, the Jilsa Salana. But then, of course, the highlight of the event is the addresses of His Holiness and, you know, the, the guidance that he provides and, and the love that he showers for, for the members of the community. That is just the, the highlight of the event. Um, you know, and then also one of the major, major events that we would have, inshallah, that would be the the international bad ceremony where where the members of the community you know pledge again uh, uh, their allegiance on on the hand of the caliph mm -hmm. so that is truly an emotional and for maybe for many that would be a first time experience mm -hmm. so you know that is i think the addresses of this holiness and and the the bad ceremony would be the highlight for me for the event mm -hmm. and we're looking forward to enjoy the full jealous experience um, okay. and we are hoping that the weather remains good Let's hope it meets your, meets your expectations or surpasses it. Uh, Dr. Hadi, I understand uh, you, this is the first Jalsa you're attending in the UK? First UK Jalsa. Have you uh, participated in the international bat before? No, no, I haven't. Okay, no, I haven't, so right. So is that something that you're looking forward yeah, to? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And what else? Well, to, to be fair with you, uh, you know, I'm basically looking forward to each and everything, really, you know, mm -hmm. listening to every single speech, uh, because, you know, they're you know, so well prepared and, you know, they have so much wealth of, you know, knowledge in that as well, you know, that you can drive benefit from. So I'm really looking forward to all the dresses, but obviously, you know, the dresses of Kazuenver are the highlights for, for anyone and everyone. And, you know, I just had a... I just had a very brief glimpse into what the Jalsa would be, which was last Sunday when Azuran were was doing the inspection and inauguration, and we were in the we were in the uh, you know at the dinner serving serving people uh, the dinner that Azu was having with volunteers. So the moment there were there were actually by a conservative estimate there were a few thousand people in the hall on that day, just the volunteers, and you know everyone was anticipating Azuran were to come, and the moment Azu walked in. You know, literally, you know, it was just a stillness at the mm -hmm. time. No one knew where they're standing. No one's looking down because we actually had to last minute gather a few tables from the back and we were bringing that in and no one's like paying attention to you or no one's, know, you know, knows that you're asking them to move or whatever. But everyone's just focused on Azur and we're just trying to get a glimpse of him. And then they started doing naras, you know, the, reading the slogans of the mm -hmm. greatness of Allah Ta'ala. 
and it just got me you know it just got me i had chills in that moment you know it's just some something that i haven't experienced before just in just a just a just a just a spirit at that time and you know the energy and so you know i can't imagine you know the whole jalsa guy you know being filled with people and then azuri anwar walks in um and what everyone would you know you know what would you feel like at that time as well maybe you can borrow one of your headphones <laughs> <laughs> well um we can bring this to a close on that note uh, imam zakir uh, because we just got a minute and a half left so thank you both uh, to our guests uh, thanks uh, to uh, brother hadi and brother um, zira uh, for coming along and sharing your uh, your experiences with us uh, very informative uh, very uplifting thank you very much um and it's uh, also thanks to our listeners for um, uh, staying with us uh, on this uh, on this uh, historic show uh, the show that is being uh, delivered to you from the site of the jalsa salana we talked uh, during the show about uh, the gathering that brings the world together and also about uh, creating a village for days with volunteers uh, the producer uh, who we um, must also mention uh, and thank uh, was malia abdullah and the researcher was um, sayida uh, sayida hana saud kulsi award and hala so thanks uh, to them and also thanks to our um, uh, tech technicians our technical team Uh, Adnan Ahmed Akib uh, was leading that, and before that, we had the services of Tahir Ahmed. So thank you very much to them for uh, the contribution they made in the delivery of the show. And we will be uh, broadcasting from uh, this venue throughout the Jalsa. So do stay uh, with us. Until next time, we'll be broadcasting next week from uh, Brother Tahir. <laughs> We'll be broadcasting from Beth of Thu, won't we? Beth of Thu. Yeah. Okay. Assalamu alaikum from me and from him and from all of us. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you.